Welcome to Your Family Dog, a podcast dedicated to helping families love living with dogs. Welcome back to the Your Family Dog podcast. I'm Tina Spring, and I'm joined today by the beautiful Julie Fudge-Smith. And today we're going to talk to you about when changes in our worlds and our lives and our homes result in a significant amount of chaos and stress for our dogs. So we're not talking about the little day-to-day changes. We're talking about bigger changes. So think in terms of um, downsizing or upsizing from one, moving from one house to another home. Or in my case, I have a, a medical thing going on that requires significant adjustment and change for my family and my dog, my dogs, um, and how to ease the dogs and maybe even cats through that to make it a little bit more comfortable for them and ideally for us too. So hopefully this will be helpful to you as the world keeps moving and as things change as they always do. So as is typical, I did the introduction. So Julie gets to ask the first question, which apparently will be to me. Yes. Okay. So you can tell we're really organized today. Yes. First question to our non-existent guest. Um, but what I, this came up because Tina and I are both in situations at the moment where we're talking not just a day's worth of stress, but weeks worth of stress on the household. So how do we help our dogs through this? So Tina, reveal only that which you want, but, um, I know that things have been um, challenging for your dogs because your time at home has changed, is, is much more different. Much more different? Is that the much way I Much more say? different. Yeah. I, I would say that that's an accurate statement. It's much more different than it was before. Okay. So you want to talk a little bit? <laughs> sure. And I'm kind of an open book. So um, in January, I was diagnosed with stage zero, thank goodness, um, DCIS, which is a form of breast cancer. It's very curable. It's one of the few cancers that we actually use the C word of curable. Um, but I'm mid treatment protocol now. So I've had my surgery. I've started on some meds and now I'm, ha- uh, today actually I'm halfway through my radiation, uh, series. So, um, it's resulted in a lot of adjustment for the dogs, for our older dogs. They all think it's fantastic because mom is home a lot more than she normally is and she's in bed and there's lots of cuddling to be done and the occasional Netflix movie. And so interestingly enough, the first thing we decided after surgery was that the big boisterous bouncy uh, physical puppy needed to be off campus for, for a month to just let me heal up a little bit because he's gregarious. He's not ugly at all, but he's big and bouncy and jumps on me and knocks into me and does all the things big bouncy puppies do. Um, and Chris and I both were uncomfortable with how that would go with healing. Uh, so he was off campus for a month. He's home now. Uh, and it, the others are probably a little bit frustrated that there's not quite as much bedtime of all of us hanging out in the bed together uh, as there was before, because I'm, you know, trying to work while fording this particular river. So um, just a reminder, ladies, get your mammogram, get your mammogram, get your mom to get her mammogram, get your sisters, your neighbor across the street, your favorite teacher, all of y'all get your mammogram 
My, my breast cancer was found just through a routine screening mammogram. And I am so grateful that, uh, it, we caught it early and it's, it's while not fun, easy, pretty easy to deal with. So that's my, I'll get off my soapbox. So one of the things is that, um, we sometimes think that these things that happen to us, that they're all negative, but there are, there can, you have to realize that when you take a step back, there's some real positive things about this too. Um, you getting a chance to spend more time with your dogs is not necessarily a bad thing, especially with the older dogs who don't require the same energy level or the same they've amount been, of input. They've been fantastic nurses. And, and I've been surprised how like some of our dogs are a little bit conflicted about other dogs in the household and they sort it out like who goes where on the bed so that they can all be there taking care of me and that they're not annoying each other quite so much. So that was, that was nice. And also I think with the youngster off campus, the adult dogs were like, we get a break, right? We don't have to play quite as much as we normally do, but I do think they missed him. I mean, they might not now that he's back say that they missed him, but I think they missed him while he was gone. Now that he's back, I think they're like, now we remember why we wanted him to go away. <laughs> but he's just a goofball and he wants to play and he's sweet, but he definitely has a much different energy than the rest of the household. So, and our house is in chaos, like you were talking about with preparing for a move, how the whole house is in chaos. The whole house is in chaos here too, because I can't lift. I don't have nearly the energy I normally have. So there's a lot of just piles of stuff that I'll have to get back to when I feel better. And I'm having to surrender to that, which is not terribly much fun. That's not a hat that fits very well for me. So um, not being able to do all the normal things. I will say enrichment um, for meals has been huge to make them a little bit more fulfilled and make me happier. Um, so, you know, I don't even do, I, I do different enrichment for breakfast and usually for dinner each day for each dog. So it's not the same all the time. Um, and that seems to have alleviated quite a bit of stress too. Those are great, great suggestions. And one of the things I wanted to say was the idea of, you know, allowing your dog to sort of participate in your healing. I think that's a really interesting endeavor and something that I have done when I've had surgeries in the past. One of the things is I have found is that my retrievers seem to really think that the most important thing for them to do is to have one of them drape themselves over my leg. And if the other one has to go out, well then that one, you know, they, they do sort of these cycles of, of being with me. And, um, I think, I don't know, this is very anthropomorphizing, but, I really feel sometimes like they felt they needed to participate. They needed to find a way to be helpful and to, to, to be active in my life in that way. And I just remember like when, when um, my daughter, Ellie, when uh, they were living here after Ellie got out of school and she um, gave birth to Henry. And when she came back, Hudson, who was our golden retriever at the time, his job was to be by Ellie's side with Henry. And she did not, he did not leave her side for the first few weeks, except to come down and go to the bathroom and get his meal. And then he'd go back up until he was sure that Ellie and the baby were on the road, were on the right road. Well, that's one of the, that's one of the things that surprised me. Like Marco is pretty bonded to me and he 
he would do the same thing with Christopher, but he loves his mom. So he thought it was the best, right? He could just lay on the bed all, all day, all every week forever. Well, that like, that'll be awesome. Um, but we actually ran into the issue that he wouldn't get out of bed to go outside or to even eat. Like I would have to get up <laughs> so that he would come out and go to the bathroom. And then the poor dog standing in the backyard peeing for four minutes because he's been holding it for a long time. So once I was a little bit more with it, um, I was better able to go, okay, it's been a few hours. We probably need to go outside and walk around and get some sunshine. And that was probably good for me too. Yeah. I was going to um, say after my surgeries, except for my foot surgery, it was, it was very much, we want you to get up and move around. So um, that's probably good. So I think that that's, that's really interesting. And, and the idea of, of knowing which dogs to sort of let participate in your recovery and being realistic about which dogs, that's just not their strength. And, and it could be that it, that they will grow into that. But as a puppy, that's, that's not my milieu. So I, it's, it's time to go off campus. So I think that was really great that you had an understanding about what was right and appropriate, not just for you, but for each one of your dogs and how that was going to work. So that's something I would encourage people to take a step back and be honest with yourself. You know, is this a dog that can sort of either participate in, in my recovery or be here in a positive way? And which ones are this is this going to be too stressful for and do we need to make arrangements for? Well, and, and Dovey didn't just go to a boarding kennel. I mean, and, and he could have, but he actually went to um, one member of the team's farm. So he got to go in play with other dogs and see goats. And he had a great time. He was, he, and this is one of the things I love about uh, Gina's is the dogs are just as happy to go there as they are to come home. So um, I know he had a blast. He came home tired. So I know he had fun. He learned some good things while he was there. Um, and so it, it wasn't just, Oh, you're a pain in the butt and we're, getting rid of you. It was here, you go be you in an environment where nobody's going to be cross with you for that. Because Chris was really clear that if he knocked me down and hurt me or pulled sutures or something like that, that that would be very difficult for Christopher to, you know, it's a lot of money, but it's also a lot of pain. So if, if I had had to go through another surgery to fix something, I think that probably would have impacted how he felt about Dovey, even though Dovey's just being, you know, a typical puppy boy, like, and not, doesn't have any angst. Like he wouldn't be trying to cause a problem. So you're packing up the house, getting ready to move. And uh, and congratulations. I'm so excited for you. Are you leaving any of the, like, are you kind of doing the house in sectors so that there's parts of the house that remain kind of relatively normal for the dogs or is everything in chaos all at once? That's a really good question. And in theory, we are doing this in an organized fashion. So we have to do two things. So this is what makes it hard. Is The first is we have to get the house ready to be shown because we've already bought another house. And secondly, we have to think about what is going to fit into our new house and what isn't. So what is stuff are we going to throw out? What stuff are we going to put into an auction? What stuff are we going to take? And then of the stuff we're going to take is, can that be part of the staging of the house? Or does that have to be, you know, put someplace 
to sort of be stored. So it's what we're trying to do is do the first floor. Then we went up to the attics, which is the third floor. So we have two bedrooms on the third and a bath on the third floor plus the attics. And then we're working our way back down. But in the process, one of the things, as I said, look, is as we start trying to figure out what we're going to stage, what we're going to take, what we're going to get rid of, we need places to put these things. So I had to go down the basement and do the whole basement and do the attic. So we had places to move stuff. So there wasn't, it wasn't as smooth as I would have liked. There was probably more chaos and more disruption in each room than I would ideally like. But it was probably because this, oh, and then the process of having our daughters come and get sort through their stuff and get that out. So there was a lot of chaos, is a lot of chaos in the house, um, although that is not my ideal. One of the things I did, the last one of the last rooms I did tackle, though, and left pretty much intact was my office, because that's where the DAP diffuser is, and the dogs spend um, time in here with me. And so I'm working on my office today, but this is one of the last rooms, so I did leave that and um, one of the things that, that I have found is that it does become difficult. The dogs at times will both be a little bit more clingy, like, Mom, we don't understand. We just don't understand why it is that you move the bed, you know, or why it is that, you know. So I also tried, the other thing I also tried to keep and is still in place is um, where they get fed. That is in place. Clementine's crate will be the last thing we move out of the kitchen because it can't be there when it, the house is staged because we can't apparently let people know that we have dogs in the staging process. So there are certain things that I'm waiting till the very last minute to move out because I'm trying to give them a sense of what makes them comfortable and what makes them happy. But one of the things that I would say this last couple of months has been not just not only did we buy a house sort of spur of the moment, um, but I also had to finish my novel by the end of March. And so, um, and then I was sick for a whole week in March, which took out. But I remember at one point I said to Brad, I said, look, I'm going to be a really bad wife for the month of March because what I have to do is all I have to do is finish. I have to get my book finished. And I did. I got the final version and it's off to the editor and it's at the, it's at the copy editor right now. And, um, it will be out in August. So, Awesome. Yeah, I was really excited. Um, but it was also like, this has to be my focus. I'm either, if I'm, if I'm not declared, I'm, I'm writing, you know, I mean, it just had to get this done. And Brad had a manuscript that had to get done too. So we both finished our manuscripts and then we could turn the attention to the house. But that took the last week of March was for us both working on our manuscripts. We were working on the house. So that even then the dogs are like, this is kind of weird because, you know, like, they're both just so focused. But one of the things I realized, and I've done this before when we've moved, what I try to do is is a couple of things. One is make sure as much as possible I keep their routine the same during the day, each day. That they, they get their breakfast at, you know, in the same place with the same stuff. Um, we try to do some enrichment stuff during the day. We may do a kibble scatter, you know, during the day out in the yard, which they really enjoy. So try to remember things that they really enjoy and like to do. And then also too, just to make sure that they get out for, you know, other things that I know that they like and help them 
um, like to take him down to the cemetery for a run or down to the river or, you know, whatever, so that they get their, their daily exercise and their daily walk. So we just go out for a good sniffari, you know, let's go for a good 20, 25 minutes and I won't, I won't pull you along at all or anything else. This is going to be your time just to, to catch up on all the local Granville P-mail. And try not to disturb other things like um, Zuzu has her favorite bed in our big office. That's there. That will be another the last, like along with with Clemmy's crate. That bed will be the last thing that gets moved out. And then after showing, it will be put right back in. So just try and remember what is it that your dog finds comfort in, and try to keep that as is is uh, as consistent as possible. Um, provide them with outlets for the anxiety that is happening. And um, are you seeing an increase in chewing? Yes, they want to chew. Well, not chew. Well, Zuzi's licking thing. You know, she she has her her pillow that her sucks and her legs that she her she licks one of her legs. Um, but um, licks he sucks on one of his hocks. Yeah. So, yes, I am seeing more of those kinds of stress signals. And when I start seeing, and but what I do find is one thing I realized, we had terrible weather. We had, like, pouring rain for several days, and um, it just, we it was really hard to get the dogs out, and we had so much to do. But what I found was once we had a break in the weather and I could get them out, or, like, we had the grandkids over, they played hard with them in the backyard, the rest of those days, the dogs were much better. Because they had a, a really good, positive outlet for that built-up stress. Yeah. yeah, like I took Marco with me to class on Monday. And he hasn't been, because I've had an exercise restriction that I can't lift more than 10 pounds. And thankfully, Christopher has been keeping me governed on that. So I haven't been taking a dog to class with me. But I'm feeling stronger and feel like I can do it without any problem. And so... um Marco's very good on a leash. So I was like, Hey, come on, you can go with me. And he was over the moon to get to go do something. Uh, we're actually headed into probably six days of rain today. So that's why I said to you like, Hey, I'm going to take the dogs out and see if we can run some energy off before we jump on the call. So yes, you're I, getting our rain. I mean, even just for me going outside and sitting in the sun for 15 minutes was a, you know, the air in the house gets stagnant after a while. Like doesn't, it doesn't matter how clean your house is. It's still going to get stuffy. And, and there were times that I kind of felt like I was haunting the house, right. That I just, my bones just, you know, banged around in this house all day long. So it, it was good to have the breaks of go outside, let them lay in the sun, me sit in the sun, take that in. Um, and, and all that, but yeah, it's, it's been a pretty significant, change. And it is funny that like now I took everybody out to potty. They're all cashed out asleep, even the puppy, um, which normally I would be napping now. So that's uh, our typical routine right now is usually by one o'clock. I'm, I'm down for a nap for a couple hours, but I've been surprised how well they transitioned through it all. And I think a lot of it was that I had a lot of pieces for enrichment. So I have like a bazillion different things that you can stuff and put food in. Um, and just being able to mix that up for them was a big deal. Like it wasn't just Kongs. It was, it was all of it. And, and I actually got Jack who doesn't like food enrichment 
to play along. So I think even he, like, we're not freezing anything. It's just loose kibble and something. But he decided not to be mad that I was making breakfast difficult. <laughs> yeah, well, Zuzu can't, we can't do frozen stuff with Zuzu because it's, it's so hard. I, I don't know what you expect of me, but I simply cannot do this. So you can make it harder in other ways, but you can't freeze it because she just like, I can't. I can't. I don't know. Why are you torturing me in this way? Yeah. But, Jack just makes a face at you like you're a jerk. Right. Well, the other thing I was going to say is really glad what you said about going outside yourself. One of the things that both Brad and I, because we can get so focused on, um, you know, I'm, I'm up and I'm, you know, I'm thinking about this stuff all day long and I'm working all day on the house and I'm, you know, talking to insurance people and mortgage people and, you know, all these different people trying to get all this stuff done is that we realized how important it was for us to also get out of the house and to take the dogs for a walk and to breathe some fresh air and to get into the, to some trees. And just, so I was just going to say, it may feel as though I can't afford to do this because I have so much to do. And I would say you can't afford not to because it, the, the, the crazier you are, the more I know that when I get anxious and crazy, my dogs get stressed too. So taking care of yourself, doing some self-care is really important, I think, during these times of stress because one, it's going to enable you to face your task with a little bit more energy and it's not going to feel quite as overwhelming. And two, it's also going to allow you to take care of your pets better if you are not stressed beyond belief. So take some time for yourself. Do some simple little things. Like one of the things I put on my calendar was I put a reminder that at three o'clock every afternoon to take 20 minutes and just sit down with my book. You know, not that I've done it, but it's on my calendar and it is a reminder. So right. you know, just things like that, that, that try and, and take those snippets. Stop and eat your lunch. That's the other thing I learned was don't eat my lunch while I'm decluttering because one, I might pack my sandwich or two, I'll forget about it. But just take 20 minutes, nourish yourself, and then go back to your task. Well, and, and if you think about it, like being outside in the yard, even if it's just the boring old yard that the dogs are in all the time, it's kind of hard to make that spectacularly different, right? The trees are not going to move, not easily anyway. Being outside feels probably relatively normal to them or typical to them. Yeah, the dogs so, are spending a lot of time in the yard. Yeah, I mean, I thought I think our dogs were going to have little mini strokes because Chris was vacuuming. They were like, he doesn't know how to do that. <laughs> they were super cute about it. They were like, mom, he's using the vacuum. I'm like, I'll come out and help him. It'll be fine. But yeah, there's just, you know, in this case, Chris is doing a bunch of the stuff. Thank goodness for him. But a bunch of the stuff that I normally do. So the dogs are like, he doesn't know how to do this. <laughs> And I'm like, he'll figure it out. You'll be fine. You know, there's a little bit of just, it'll be okay. I will say when we moved, so this is different than your situation. We moved like a half a mile and it was the worst move of my life <laughs> because you don't take it the same kind of Oh serious. no, you don't. It's terrible. It's yeah. Awful. We're moving a half an hour away. So that's long enough <laughs> that we have to be organized in this. It's, right. But right. nonetheless, local moves, I think, are harder than long distance yeah, moves. Yeah, was, it, was, it was rough. So um, the last thing we did was move the dogs and the cats. So when people are asking me about moves, and you, there's all sorts of really good articles on the interwebs about preparing your dog for a move. 
I made sure that like, so we use crates, but we also have dog beds that the dog beds were moved and kind of set up. They were staged at least a little bit. So once we were moving, I worked on kind of loosely staging the house so that it at least felt somewhat similar to them, that they would go, okay, this is the sofa I know, this is my dog bed I know, this is a table I know, so that it wasn't quite so disorienting. We also, when we purchased this house, we put hardwood floors down and we painted and did a bunch of work. Um, And so the dogs got to come over one at a time and kind of visit and just check it out. And I think that that helped too, being able, even if they just came over and sniffed around the property, it still was somewhere that their scent had been before, that our scent had been. Before. Right. And and I did that when we moved to Princeton, you know, I, I just was really conscious about, you know, taking Zuzu's favorite bed and her blanket and her bowls and getting all that stuff set up first. One of the things that we're doing is before we even get to, before we even move in, we're having the yard fenced in. And so the dogs, I don't have to like, because the the edge of the yard goes down sort of a ravine to a stream and then to some quarry ponds. And I can see the dogs going, oh, you know, really, we must go swim in the quarry ponds every day, every time we go outside. So, and that with my nine grandkids and some of them like just tiny, I'm like, no, 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 we don't go down the ravine. So anyway, so we're putting up a fence around the yard. So that will be in place before we move in so that the dogs, we can just take them over there. We can let them into that area and explore it and know that they're going to be safe without having to, you know, tether them. And, um, and that we're also putting a, a railing on the deck because as the deck guy says, he's, you know, little people fall off the deck, but the owner says to me, she's old people fall off the deck. So apparently people in the middle age don't fall off decks, but little people and old people fall off decks. So we're putting a railing on the deck. So there you go. So when I think about these big life changes, right. And this could be as simple as, you know, grandma moves in because she had a medical complication and needs support, right? Like there's all sorts of things that can happen that result in the dog um, having a little bit of extra change in the house is what things can we keep kind of sort of the same. And I love that you mentioned Zuzu's dog bed. Everybody I know before they move wants to wash their dog's dog bed so that it's clean going into the new place. But you forget that you then changed. It would be like if we put a different mattress on your bed moving to the new place. Like it's actually a little bit more change for them. So to a certain extent, I'm like, if you can deal with the dirty dog bed for a couple of weeks, that might be okay. Right. Because you're literally giving them a place that's comfortable to them that feels familiar. So what, what can you keep somewhat familiar? Um, and sometimes there's not a lot, right? The old house to this house, there was a lot that changed. So they got to get used to it and they did. Right. But you know, there's, 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 but there's also other just little things like this is not the time to get new dog bowls, you know, keep their dog bowls the same. You know, Clemmy's crate, I will have, what I will probably do is I will probably wash Clemmy's crate the week before we move so that she can get her scent back in it, but it won't be filthy. You know, so there are things you can do to to, to modify that, you know, and uh, they have like more toys than God. So Brad decided that we had to get rid of toys. So what I did was (laughs) I, um, I sorted out the toys, put them in baskets, 
And then as I was sorting out one, Susie put her head in the bag and she pulled out this one. She said, no, this one needs to stay. So whichever ones they pulled out of the baskets are the ones that are going to go with us. The ones that they have ignored since they've been put in the basket, those I'm going to give away. So, okay. you know, kind of allow your dog to, to pick out the ones. And I love that you mentioned the DAP, right? Dog appeasing pheromone. And I'm sure like as you get things slowly settled at the other house too, you'll probably incorporate DAP there as well. Oh, absolutely. And one of the first things I'm going to do is, yeah, one of the things I'm going to do is because we walked into this house and we're looking at, it's got three bedrooms and we're looking at one, which, which the, the current owner uses as an office. And Brad looked around and he goes, I see the boy who danced for the moon being written here. That's my second novel that I'm working on. And so I, I said, okay, well, then you have just declared that this is my office. So um, one of the things I thought that I would do is since the dog spends so much time with me in my office as I'm writing or working, that that was going to be one of the first rooms that I set up with their dog beds, with their special toys, with the DAP diffuser, so that they have a place that feels relatively familiar to them. So they're walking into an environment that is not cluttered and not crazy and allows them to have a place that feels a little bit more like home. Because like right now, Zuzu's at my feet. Clemmy, I have a chair in my office that I bought so that I could either sit there or Brad could come in and sit there while I'm working. And Clemmy has declared that it is hers. So you kind of have to ask permission of Clementine to sit in the chair. So the chair will be one of the first things that gets set up as well so that Clemmy has her chair to, to sit back on. I think that one of the things that I would also like to mention is this is a really stressful time of life for people when you have a major illness or you have a move, or you have um, the death of a spouse, these are all major stressors. So don't minimize the amount of stress that may be happening to you and therefore to your dog, which is another reason why I suggested some health self-care is what I'm trying to say, would be really advantageous. But also understand that if you're feeling stressed, that that's normal. And that you can't get through this without feeling some some strong emotions about these things. I know that um, we've lived in, in this house for 17 years, and um, I really like this house, and I really like this neighborhood, and there are things I'm going to miss. And so sort of allowing myself to have those moments when I feel a little bit melancholy or a little bit nostalgic, that seems to me to be um, something that I can't let go. I, I can't just deny. I can't say, oh... It's going to be great. There's nothing sad about moving. There, there's always each incident in life usually has things that go both ways. So I would say allow yourself to recognize the stress, to perhaps feel it, and that's going to maybe help you and your pet to move along. Yes. And, and honestly, just orienting them to like, hey, which door are we using to go outside? And all of that, where's the car? Like, where are you in the house is a big deal. It took, I think I noticed it more with the cat than anything else, but it was really disorienting even for my dogs. Now, Marco, when we moved here, Marco was the puppy. Everybody else was pretty old. And so there was a little bit of them having to figure out like where they would go to ask to go outside. 
right? So I introduced the house to them kind of a little bit at a time over the course of like two days, right? So I had gates up. You're not going down this hallway because there's no reason for you to go down this hallway unless you're invited. But here's the rest of the house. You could be used to that before. Um, And I would say to people, it's not uncommon for a dog to have a couple of house training accidents, right? Um, a, A little bit of indiscretion at what they chew on, right? Because it's novel and they're a little disoriented. And when they're a little disoriented, they do stuff that's a little bit out of character. Absolutely. Um, And I think that's a really, really good point. And not only when you're talking about moving, but when there's other major disruptions, like with you, you know, a major disruption in the way in which our family is functioning because mom is going through this crisis, that can also trigger a regression in behavior in your dogs. So it's not just the trigger of moving to a new location. It's the whole idea of major change can cause regression. Right. So, so whatever it is, um, I, I tried to focus on, again, keeping the dog's schedule somewhat similar, um, giving them crate rest when they needed crate rest and just honoring that it's all a little disorienting and that that's okay. It's not, it's not going to be forever. And it'll be interesting to see like, okay, what will my fatigue look like on the other side of this? I don't, I don't know how long it'll take until I feel more like me again. So I'm just trying to honor that too. And, and to think to myself like, okay, well, it's, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint and it's okay. If, if, you know, the Christmas tree stays up until the end of April, it's okay. Just maybe don't turn it on. That's um, right, because it could be spontaneously combustible well, at that well, point. No, no, no. It's, it's an artificial tree because oh, okay. we it up way too long anyway. But I, I, it's funny. A bunch of my friends are like, why even do it now? Just leave it there and turn it on in the fall. You know, that's, like, that's not a bad idea. And and you know what? You could pretend that you're Scrooge because you're keeping the spirit of Christmas in your heart all year long. Yes. So yeah. I think that's great. And um, and like I, I said uh, when you popped out for a minute was that um, it's okay to understand that these are major stressors. And if you're feeling majorly stressed, that's okay. Well, well don't be surprised if your dog gets sick. Right? Like all of a sudden... <laughs> your dog ends up with a cough or they get a goopy eye or they all of a sudden are limping because that stress in the system is going to show up in them. Okay. So I think basically what we're saying here is think in terms of self-care things that you can do to make it easier for this transition for yourself, which would make it easier for your dog. Think about the little things that make your dog feel comfortable in their life, like their beds and their routines and their bowls. And, um, you know, what is it that you know that they delight in that you can still provide for them in order to make them feel like things haven't gone completely um, cracker dog, so to speak. Or Caddy Wumpus, as my We're sister. Off the rails. We are off the rails. That's right. And um, know that that for most of us, these situations don't last forever. And uh, so be kind to yourself and to your dog, and know that you will get through this with a little bit of patience and humor. And um, 
we wish you the, if you are going through any kind of transition, we wish you the very best of luck with that transition. Transitions are hard. (laughs) They are. We have a very keen understanding of what you're going through. So is there anything you wanted to add, Tina? Just remember to be kind. Be kind to you. Be kind to your dog. Just take a moment. It's okay. It. In the end, it'll all get done, or it won't, and either way, it'll be fine. So, that's right. Try to okay. have some grace. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> no, no, no. Grace is always a challenge under pressure. But anyway, thank you all for joining us for your family dog. I would ask that if you are enjoying the podcast, maybe learning from the podcast, please subscribe. You can do that wherever it is you get your podcast. And uh, we will be happy to see you next time on Your Family Dog. Thanks for listening to Your Family Dog. Got questions? Interesting ideas? Visit www.yourfamilydogpodcast.com to share your thoughts.